Welcome to episode 325 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alright guys, welcome along to episode 325 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Isles. How you going mate? I'm sensational and you? You got your wrestling outfit on? Yeah, yeah, I'm looking good. He is, he's literally got a wrestling outfit on. He's got his Hulkamaniac Hulkamaniac on, it's sensational. I Am Talk is proudly brought to you by? Coffeesofwaii.com Tasty Morsels Athlinks.com Social Networking And Extreme Endurance Lactic Buffer In this week's show we've got some news, we've got a hot topic We've got a website of the week. We've got Coach's Perspective. It's a new, it's a new one. Well, it's, that is a new one. I yeah. like that. And then we've got some questions and answers. Basically, over the next couple of weeks, guys, I'm heading off to Europe. Uh, and, I, and I'm having a holiday, John. Yeah. Not from am Talk, though. Well, we're kind of sort technically of AM. Yes. Uh, we're going to pre-record a few shows over the next week. Uh, and basically, so I don't have to do any work when I'm on holiday. The problem is when you try to do no work when you're on holiday, you've got to work like an animal... Until you go away on holiday, don't you? Try to stay on top of the oddity. A few email updates, I think, is good. You know, when you're get, away? Get away. Maybe just spend an hour clearing your inbox. Every day? Yeah, okay. Not every day. Oh, every few days. Maybe maybe once every four days. Okay, well, yep. So we've got to- Coach's Perspective happening this week. It's uh, very fascinating. It's great. I'm, I'm actually going to veto the first subject. I'm not going to veto it, but I'm going to start with something else. Okay. This is proudly brought to you by Training Peaks. I'm going to think we need to talk about the, the, the US Championships about what happened there because we don't we didn't really cover that we kind of last week's show we just kind of covered it as it came on board you know as we were finishing up the show and uh, James Botel came through with some very interesting statistics so I thought I'd share first of all what WTC actually said about what they, what was happening there and they came through with a statement last week and they said just at the end of the show really it came through didn't it yeah yeah and they said okay it's been confirmed um Ironman has been committed to delivering a superb experience for athletes, creating a once-in-a-lifetime experience for athletes, spectators, partners and volunteers is our priority. We listen carefully to our customers and have heard from many of them regarding the inaugural Aquadrat Sports Ironman US Championship. This is the feedback we have received. Most of our athletes loved the race. It was iconic and challenging, a tough test like the New York we were also told to improve the logistics for our athletes and supporters. Producing an event in a large urban market is complex and challenging. The combination of theories, transitions in uh, Paradise Strait State Park and the inability to amplify sound at Riverside Park after 10pm and the difficulty for our spectators to watch much of the race all combined to create an athlete and spectator experience, experience that we need to improve. Addressing the logistical complexity requires that we reconfigure a number of elements in our race. Given the change we believe are necessary for the 2013 event, we need to make do more work to assess whether it is viable at the price point that our athletes find reasonable. Part of our commitment to the Ironman experience is the relationship between the uh, registered price and the value to athletes. The pricing for the 2013 race is a reflection of the operational and logistical challenges of doing business in metropolitan New York and New Jersey. Simple Put to make this uh, event a delight for our athletes, volunteers, and spectators, the race is not viable at the lower price. It has always been our policy at Ironman races in North America to open registrations for the following year's race the day after the event so that the athletes and volunteers can gain guaranteed entry before general registration opens. We followed that policy yesterday for the 2013. 
Ironman US Championships. In retrospect, this was a mistake. We should have taken the time to listen to our athletes, partners, and um, whatever <laughs> uh, before we open registration. By suspending registration, we are taking the time to do that now. We need to work with all the partners over the next several weeks to ensure that this event can be conducted in a way that our athletes expect and deserve. In the interim, we basically can refund your money and all the rest of it. So basically what happened, they came on board and after the race, it seemed like there was a few logistical nightmares Mm -hmm. and the policy around or, or the idea of putting it in New York City Seems like it's not as easy as they originally thought it was going to be. No, and, and I guess another key thing for them is they, it sounds like they didn't make any money on the race. They lost money on the race. So great PR um, exercise, but they lost money, which is not what they want to be doing. And secondly, one bit of feedback that I had was, um, you know, they you, they do open that registration the day after the race, and normally, you know, there's a queue out the door to, to register for the next year's race. For this race at that price point that they put it at, the, the guy that I was speaking to that went and did it, he said... He registered, um, but he said the queue was tiny and oh, small. Really? So maybe they panicked and said, "Holy crap! Maybe this race won't sell out." And if it doesn't sell out, then we don't even break. We we lose money, but we lose a lot of money. So who knows whether it's uh, whether it is listening to the athletes or whether they just panicked and uh, and thought that it's not going to sell out. We're going to lose a whole stack load of money. But I don't know. For me, I'd much rather go and do a beautiful scenic course and go through some cool villages like a, a road or a number of the other Ironman races and then go to a big city race it's just I don't know it doesn't, well, doesn't do it for me it does it for a lot of people but it doesn't do it for the me. wise one came up with some key points he said that uh, the price jump in price obviously seems to be a major factor 1200 bucks yeah yeah um, it's an iconic location and ever uh, since the triathlon people because he lives in New York uh, we found it might limit a few people the, the price point uh, feedback was mixed uh, logistics for spectators was pretty much impossible uh, we got an email from some people saying they you know their family got seen for literally two minutes of the day mm-hmm. and even then it cost them hundreds of dollars in taxis and all the rest of it, it was a bit Mickey Mouse um, transition areas was a bit of a mission because they're in different locations and in, in New York that makes it a bit more of a different mm-hmm. beast um, he, he thought it was pretty odd some of the statements that WTC were making but he said at the end of the day they've spent they, they look at the, the, the values to the local economy so mm-hmm. like you know often they'll go to a place like Wanaka and say okay challenge we, we bring on millions of dollars for your local economy and one of the things that was really interesting was the local economy impact was valued at $36 million for to have the Ironman in there. Mm. Now, one home game for the New York Yankee brings in $16 million. Mm. So it's not like you can really go to New York and say, this is going to be great for your city, can you? Like, no. it's not. Yeah. It, maybe it's the problem with Ironman as a sport as well, because you have to limit numbers. Like, if you look at a New York marathon, how many people speak? You're getting about 30, 40,000 people, aren't you? Mm. So you could probably, it's probably bringing in $250 million, isn't it? So we're all thinking, oh, it goes to New York and it's going to get lots of coverage, but I'll be interested to know, did it really... Did anybody notice other than the inconvenience of not being able to drive down their street or whatever? And there was, there was one step, I'm not notice? sure if it was James or someone else where I was reading it, but there was one step where they had to close the road all day, which gets over 20,000 cars an hour. Mm. You know, so the inconvenience for the local people in the area. So um, apparently it took seven years to get this race off the, off the run. Mm. So it's going to be really interesting to see if they can maintain it. Now, obviously, when we were speaking to Andrew Messick about it a while ago, he believes that they want to have races in iconic locations because it's mm. great for our brand to help them, you know, get that exposure. But who pays for that? Does mm. Iron Man pay for that and just take that as a loss leader, you know, or does the athlete have to pay for that? And if so, it seems like the athlete are kind of voting with their feet, doesn't it? Mm. 
I sure as hell wouldn't be paying twelve hundred bucks for an entry fee. That's like, do you think? Well, I mean, you know, I heard the number twenty five percent thrown out there. I'm not sure if that's true, but that's a kind of profit that someone was trying to say that I men are really trying to gain from a race is around twenty five percent profit, which is great profit. But um, if that was the case, do you think that they do look at a race like New York and go, okay, well, we do want to have these iconic races in big cities because it gives our brand more credibility in the world of sport. Um, but we might have to concede that it's a lost leader. Like, you know what, if they won racing in their calendar where they lose a bit of money, I'm sure they're still going to do all right. Yeah, a bit of money, but, I'd, yeah, I would, I've would. i got no conception how much it would cost to put that race on. It would be gigantic to close those roads, mm. logistics. If it, was a, if it wasn't a point-to-point, maybe it would be slightly easier, but point-to-point as well, it would be a nightmare. Well, if you look at the local economy impact kind of point, you know, $36 million brought in, Ban Yankees games 16 million, but you're not closing roads for Yankee games, I can't imagine. Maybe a couple rounds. Yeah, 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 but you're not like for all day, you know, mm. like it's, yeah, mm. and yeah, so pretty interesting. And so so I went onto their Facebook page and just had a look at some of the feedback, and there was, a, there was kind of mixed reviews. Some people were like, oh, you know, get over it, and other people were like, you know, I can't believe we're paying this price. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Do you think they'll end up doing the race? I don't know. Um, yes. You do. What do you think, David? I don't know, it seems like, I don't know, like, it's obvious that we don't want to pay 1200 bucks. Yeah, I just, I don't know, I, it doesn't doesn't do a lot for me. You know, New Zealand dollars, that's nearly mm. 1700 bucks just mm. to do a race, you know, mm. like it's, and the thing is, is that one other piece of criticism on the on the Facebook page, on their Facebook page was that really it's not much of a New York race, they just kind of do a few laps of the run at the end there just to make it so they can say New York, mm. and so you, you might be paying for this New York experience, but really it's more of a New Jersey race. And, and the so. other issue is the course was, the run course was incredibly hard, so. Yeah, but is that really off. an issue? Oh, I think it is. People would put people off. Yeah, yeah definitely. It's meant to be an eye man. I know, but uh, but I, I totally agree with you. But it would put people off. Why don't people go? More people go and do Lanzarote and um, and Embrim and courses like that. It's funny. We we had that interview with Mike Plant a few weeks ago. And uh, Legends, is that this month's show it is, isn't yep. it? Yeah. Um, so if you haven't listened to this month's Legend, we've got an interview with a guy called Mike Plant. Really great interview. Pretty much the first reporter in our sport, really, wasn't he? Mm. And uh, and at the end of it, we we had, you know, he, he kind of shared an insight to us and he goes, oh, we've lost what the sports are really about. And we both kind of thought, oh, you know, what, what's he going to mm. say here? And he said the whole idea that really kind of summed it up saying it's it's lost the adventure. Mm. The whole idea that let's just get on our bikes, go for a run, go for a run, you know. And, and nowadays we want safe courses. We want to know what we're coming up against. That, that sense of unknowingness about our sports maybe disappeared a little bit. And, you know, if people are afraid of New York because of the run, what's that saying about the the, the culture of our sport right mm. now? Exactly. If you want a bloody adventure, go to Ember Man. See, look, the 2012 Ember yeah. Man was held last week. Look at him, just, 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 that's a wrap up for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that is an insane course. If you want a challenge, no PBs. You did it last year, didn't you? We did the Olympic distance. I can't even, I can't fathom doing that bike course. It's really? just. So why is it so hard? It's just, just bloody climbing all day. And they're not easy climbs either. They are long, tough climbs. So. Full, full respect for these guys doing this. And the guy that won it, Marcel Zamora Perez, I'm pretty sure he was the guy it's that got... time, isn't it? Yeah, but he got DQ'd last year. I'm sure it was him. Um, he did 9.39, which is just incredible on that course. Beating Victor Del Corral Morales in 9.48 and David Dallow, who was leading off the bike in 9.52. Um, Dallow's been having a good year, hasn't he? He has. Yeah, so... That bike course would take it out of you. It's, What's the run like? Is it a flat run? Um... I don't, it's fairly flat, yeah. The run is not particularly... We only did, obviously, 10K of the run, um, 
but have you leagues are destroyed, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a total different pacing game. Um, so oh, brilliant. Full respect. Girls yeah, top five, fifth place, ten and a half hours. Exactly. Nice. Uh, the girls, uh, Janine Cologne from France in 11.07 from Isabel Ferrer and Erica Chomor. Chomor. From, from uh, Hungary. She's, a, he's, she's been doing a lot of racing lately. So awesome, awesome race. And as we are just talking, if you, if, you, if you want a challenge, that is a good place to go. And it's just a bit different. The old Frenchies do it a slightly different way as well. It's really cool. Okay. Um, we also had Mount, uh, what is it, Tremblanc? Mont Tremblant, first Blanc. time it's been a full. I think last year maybe it was a half. And it looks, again, you know, when I compare something like this to New York, it just looks like a spectacular place that they put this race on, at least the little the village that it's in. Um, it, it looks oh, awesome. Are you saying you don't really think there needs to be a New York? No, I don't. No, it doesn't do a lot for me. Yeah, but is that just, I, I, is that I, just no, you, or do you, do you see I where wonder, there is a place for it? In- no, I, I, I don't probably think that the, the benefits would... Uh, would be outweighed by the cost, you know, the, the difficulties of putting it on there versus how much coverage it would really get in the media. And then we, if you take it to a, sl- a smaller place, like we see the, re- the, the, I suppose Frankfurt's an exception, but a lot of the Ironmans that people love to go are often in s- slightly smaller towns and things, people really embrace it and get behind it. We look at it at a totally different view in New Zealand because Ironman here gets pretty good coverage it's in mm. but but in most other countries it wouldn't even make a, a sidebar in the, in the sports section so i don't know we yeah well it's just like wgc have it's, there's obviously been a conscious decision to go let's have championship races mm. let's have them in big city we've got melbourne we've got new york we've got frankfurt now mm. you know frankfurt was already really successful and maybe that's that culture that's behind the race has been totally. there a long time but <clears throat> yeah how do they build that into a new city you know melbourne seemed to be pretty successful this year but again there was that feeling after melbourne you know, the feedback we got was you, you, there was no connection with the race. You pretty much turned yep. up, did your race and went home. Yep. And you, whereas when you go to a Taupo, when you go to a Wanaka, when you go to a small town race, there's that whole sense for four days up to the race, mm. you've taken over the town mm. Kona, you know. Mm. And um, sometimes with those big city races, <clears throat> is that what we're going to lose for the exposure the big city can give us? Same deal. If you went and put it on an uh, Olympic triathlon, or not Olympic, a, um, uh, you know, put I mean, an Ironman on in London, People wouldn't even notice. I mean, other than again, other than inconvenience factor, and it might be a bit of a, a weirdo thing to, to see on the day. But other than that, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I think look after the athletes first, even look after the people. Power to the people, John. Okay, so so what happened in the race? Um, so it's only just finished, like about twenty minutes ago. Nice, um, fast. Roman Guillaum took out his first Ironman win. He swam fifty-one, rode four thirty-five, and, and ran a three oh nine. He's had a lot of swim bike races where he's often been near the front or at the front coming off the bike and he doesn't look to be the strongest runner he only came home in 309 for 840 he only had to didn't he he was was killing it killed it on the bike Matthew Russell was second from the States 848 and then what's that third name there Bevan Martin Martin Lamontegui okay a 904 have they got the the girls all finished yet do, do, do filter by girls filter by girls so the young fella Roman who won oh, I don't know how young he is but he, he looked pretty young pretty cool victory because Montremblanc is in the French speaking part of uh, of Canada so he's a, a Frenchie so he's able to do post race interviews in, in English and French oh, I, nice, I, I, yeah. saw, I saw the finish uh, coming across girls have finished Jesse Donovan was first in 9.30 Uli Broom second 9.42 only two girls have finished so far. Nice. So it was a small prize money race. It was um, small points. This is the first time there, isn't it? 
yeah, first full. I think they did a half there last year. So it looked great, the finish, finish area. I've, I, I did have a quick look at the live coverage because um, I was just doing my piece preps for the show and, uh, and I thought, I wonder what the live coverage is like for these smaller races. And um, it was okay. You know, they had, a, they had a camera, just fixed cameras. They had one on the finish line. We had one in um, T1, T2, and they had one on Hot Corner, which was on, on the run course. Um, I'd love to know who watches live coverage. I'd love to know the numbers. I'd love to know... I think it's a lot lower than what people think. Oh, I totally agree. <laughs> I, you, you know, you might... Like sheep is, you know, we love the sport, and how often do we watch the live coverage? Yeah. The only time I, I really made a conscious effort to sit down and watch a race was Kona. You know, mm. there's oh, yeah. been a few times I've watched it pretty much all day, but but that's moving coverage, that's commentary. The live coverage yeah. they do for these races isn't, isn't commentary or anything like that. It's more hopefully you can see your mate run across yeah. the line kind of stuff, isn't so it? They did a good job, in Melbourne. When I was watching Melbourne, and uh, was it kind of like Kona coverage? It was, yeah. yeah. Whereas this was just fixed cameras, so you go on there, you'd be basically sitting there. If you knew that um, your wife or your husband was coming off the bike at the seven-hour mark, you'd go and watch around yep. there and just see them come off if you weren't there. Because um, the cost, like the cost of doing Melbourne coverage, was huge. huge. Yeah. Yeah, but to have fixed cameras there, still probably more costs than what people realise, but um, but it's probably not yeah. exorbitant. People, coaching tip for the day, I was flabbergasted because I clicked on the T2 camera. Yeah, T2. T2. They'd, they'd, they'd come off the um, the bike and they'd either handed their bike to the, the catchers or they'd racked it. They had little racks there. I, I presume they didn't rack it. They're running along to the, the change tent. They were wearing their bike shoes, most of them. It's like... I know, Even I did that, John. I took my shoes off. Yeah, I mean, I know. I totally understand getting onto your bike choice that is there is whether you have your shoes on your bike or whether you don't, and I understand that choice. But coming off your bike, that is just Sharp triathlon 101. Triathlon 101. Triathlon 101. People, if you can't get out of your shoes riding into the bike, you need uh, riding into T2, you need to either... You need to practice, basically. Yeah, totally. Admittedly, if you haven't done it ever and it's race day, yeah. don't do it. But if, you should have practiced a few times. That is just a... No brainer. It's a no brainer. It's a no brainer, people. You don't see Mecca doing it, do you? No. You don't see Crowe doing it. I don't know, mate. It's just a recipe for disaster. It's a chance of falling over is pretty high. Okay, we've got um, Ironman Sweden. Kalmar. So, Kalmar. So it was in. Uh, there used to be just an iron distance race, which has switched over to WTC race. Um, so it's been it's well established. But this year, obviously, the entry fees went up, and uh, and they brought the whole M dot experience to the to the show. I if the numbers went up. Uh, don't know. Mm, yeah, don't know. Um, I bet you. No, I, I would say I, I'm pretty sure you'd have a lot more internationals. Maybe, maybe not more locals, but I'd yep. say a lot more internationals. Fast course. Jan Raphael smoked it. He's a you know he's a good athlete. He's been an Ironman winner before. Forty eight swim. Looks it looks like it was a pretty good race, doesn't it? If you yeah. look, they came out of the water pretty much together. Yeah. They rode together, and he only won by about four minutes. Yeah. So he, he rode four twenty six. That's fast, and ran a two forty five. So for an eight oh four, from Dorian Wagner from Germany, an eight oh eight, and uh, Horst Richel, also German from uh, an eighteen. So all three of them. You know, within six minutes, and then fourth um, was the Swedish dude Jonas Durback in eight ten as well. So um, yeah, very close racing. Look at that top uh, top ten, only sixteen minutes covering the top ten. You often get guys winning races by sixteen minutes. Well, what's awesome is if you look right down to you've got the first age group men here, mm. and uh, right down to there, which must be what. Holy smoke, that's fast for the first age group, man. 8.24. Yeah. But pretty much everyone from the top 11 or 12 did under 4.30 on the bike. Yeah, so that's... That's <laughs> And I, I, I've got some notes here for my, my Polish dudes when did the race, and uh, and it was a fast day at the office. Really? Um, did they have a good race? But they had re- pretty reasonable races, yep. One went 9.40, and the other fella had some Achilles issues, but still. But he rode five hours flat, and um, that's fast for him. Great. So... Um, 
So yeah, first, like, first, age, first age grouper on the guys was Sammy Inkinen from Finland, an eight twenty four. Wow! Off the bat of a four twenty seven bike split, so he rode um, basically the same as the guys that won the race. And he still ran a two fifty six. Solid man. That is awesome. That is awesome finish. I bet he was going by heart rate. Um, <laughs> and uh, girl side of things. Girl side of things. Local victory for Asa Lundstrom. Uh, she swam one hour, rode four fifty one, and ran three eighteen for a nine thirteen. So relative to the guys' t- it's times, not as fast, it's, really, uh, yeah. it's pretty. It's relatively so. Again, she may have had a fantastic race, but the, um, but you know, you got to give respect for um, Jan Raphael. He's a good athlete, and he's a you know potential sort of top tenner in Kona. Um, Dana Wagner was second in nine twenty two, and Emi Sakai from Japan in nine thirty four and third place. First age group on the girls side of things, she was in fifth place. Wow. Um, Steen. Molbro from Denmark in 9.47. So my, um, my Polish boys are over there doing the race. They said it was really cool, obviously very fast. Uh, that, that he's, they've gone and done, uh, they've done Rote, they've done Zurich, they've done Klagenfurt, which is Austria, they've done Copenhagen, and at Kalmar, I can recommend this place to race for your PB. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> uh, from the slot allocation point of view, obviously quite, quite late to try to qualify for Kona. You know, oh, so this still counts for this year's Kona? Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. So when's that, is this the last cut-off for that? No, Canada's this weekend, so this weekend coming is the last last races. Really? That'd be so, a bummer, wouldn't it? So it must be about six weeks out, I guess, something like that. I suppose you could turn around, but yeah. it's not ideal. Yeah, yeah. if you're looking for peak performance, but if you're looking just to get over there and do yeah. it. Um, so he was, he was saying, you know, it's, it's in a small town, which is how often these, these Ironman races really thrive. He said that the, he said that the spectator support was incredible. You bike through lots of villages. You finish in a, in a town square. He says in the um, Kalmar where the city is held, uh, he said there's five hotels. And the start hotel is, in, uh, is 25 metres from the finish line. So he said if you're there, you can run through the finishing line and you can run straight up to your bedroom. <laughs> straight to your bedroom. Fall asleep. And, or grab a beer in the lobby. Um, but he said with that one you've got to get on get onto it really early and he said the hotel that he stayed at was awesome as well gave free, free fruit all the way and just said it was one of those really good Ironman experiences or, or Iron Distance experiences where you go there and the, and the whole community really embraces mm. it so I think for, athlete, for, for the athlete we've talked about New York and stuff I think other than doing the course here, you're going to get a much better whole package by going to I think one of these small town races I'm going to go back to New York a lot today but do you think they struggled to get volunteers? I've got no idea. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Well, because, you know, like, you look at Wanaka, the whole town township gets behind the race, don't they? Mm-hmm. Everyone in Wanaka ends up doing something for their bloody challenge race, mm-hmm. which is great, you know, and it's great for the camaraderie of the community. It's great for, you know, obviously they get a bit of money back and all the rest of it. So it's a great day for their community to get out in there. Now, obviously you've got millions of people in New York, so maybe it's not that challenging to get volunteers, but, but they don't have that connection to the experience again, so... Yeah, so a lot of the time volunteers is... They're, they're paid, um, you know, paid groups, you know, scout groups and yep. all that sort of stuff. So um, there's still a lot of people that do just volunteer and don't get paid for it. But I guess, I don't know, uh, again. Challenge Vici, John, they actually had to reduce it to a half oh, because it was so hot. Wouldn't you be gutted? I mean, there's so many races this has happened to this year. Yeah, it's the year of, of reduced races, isn't it? So temperatures were in excess of 40 degrees. Wow. Um, and so I think, as sucky as it is, it's probably the, be- the right decision, you know. You're just going to... 
kill people out there if, if yeah. you go racing in that sort of temperatures. Um, so real shame um, that Challenge Vici got cut to, cut to a, ha- a half, and uh, the results we had. Uh, Stephen Bayliss. Stephen Bayliss took it out. He uh, basically smoked the swim, and uh, and that was enough to sort of give him the buffer over the guys behind him from Pierre Bittner and Scott uh, De Philippus, and on the girls' side of things. Dogana Martina um, came home with a really strong run to pass Carrie Lester to take the win there. So, so bad do they decide? Do they just look at the forecast and say it could be 40 and it's pulled quarter half? You know what I mean? Like, I I'm sure it'd be like a, a decision like the swim would be, you'd probably do it the day before, oh. most likely. But that isn't the guy got second round at 114 in that weather. Nice. Yeah, that's pretty good, eh? Nice. That's pretty sharp. I haven't, I haven't got any results yet from the Midnight Man. That was on the weekend. Oh, we course. talked about that last week. I went on the website. No results up yet. We are recording this week a day earlier, so yep. I'm not going to give people too much of a hard time about that. I did go on the site and had a look at how many starters they had. They had a um, reasonable number of starters. I don't know if some of them Yeah, like 150 or something, oh, I sweet. think. Um, also had the Ironman in Ireland, um, which had a half and a full. They had bugger all people doing the full like 20 or something but then yep. uh, a couple of hundred doing the half so well done to people if you race at the weekends if you're gonna do that you should do a half you should do like a middle of the night man so what happens is because if you're gonna do a race where there's only 20 guys turning up doing the bloody full as, mm. the, as the organizer you kind of go oh I probably shouldn't have done that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you shouldn't have done that when you're like waiting for six hours for one person to finish yeah. so what you do is you start them at three in the morning so they yeah. finish at the same time as the halves yeah yeah it's like that, that bike race what is it the Blenheim race the Great Bride yeah yeah you do 200k yeah but you leave earlier so you actually all, everyone ends up finishing around the same time mm. Mm. you should be a race director mate I should I should this, this weekend coming up you've got the hard man in uh, hard Kalani man. Island so, that's what she called him yep yeah, uh, Austria tribe in Petersdorf, Austria, the Big Woody in uh, UK, Expedition Man in uh, Reno, Tahoe and Reno, Nevada, Chi Tri Man in France, that's another really bloody hilly one, I think, and the My Titanium in Grand Rapids, wow. USA. We've also got Louisville. Louisville, no, uh, well, there's a start list up there, but they had the full start list, so I couldn't be bothered going through and finding everybody. And you've also got Ironman Canada. And there's, there's a few rumours going around what's going to happen with Canada. People aren't quite sure. Um, oh, because, it might be gone. Well, they, they haven't signed up a new sponsor, apparently title sponsor, so I don't know whether that means the race is going to stop or whatever. But certainly what you, I noticed... Can races work without sponsors? Yeah, yeah. As long as they sell out, like yeah. all the North American ones. So, Canada always sells out. Yeah, so that's one of the, the iconic races. But what is interesting is uh, I used to keep commenting on this over the last few years is that it's a late season race and, and it used to have really good prize money for, for you know a race that close to Kona. It was like 75000 US or something. Um, and it used to pull good second tier guys, you know, guys like Rhodesy and... Um, Rapster won it, didn't he? Rapster and... Quarter uh, second. Yeah, and it used to have a, a... It used to be quite a good race. This year it's dropped down to 25,000 prize money and only 1,000 points and there was no pro... Again, there was no listings of uh, the pros racing. So, interesting to see what happens in Canada, but if you... So, wait, 25,000, what do you get if you win? 3,000? I haven't got that in front of me right now, but it's, it's not a lot. No, wow. Yeah. Um, so... Be interesting to see what happens with with Canada going forward. But our discussion last week, it doesn't really influence people whether they race or not. Um, no, it's no, a, it's a fantastic the pros course. Got no power. Yeah, pros got no power. You, you give up now. This um, weekend is the last weekend for qualifying for Kona if you're a pro. Mm-hmm. So, well, for anybody really, isn't it? So, whilst it's only a thousand points for the guys that need a few points to get across the line, you never know. And we had some um, 
well, not a hot topic of the week, but I posted on Facebook. Uh, if you, whoever you want us to try to interview in Kona, put it up on Facebook. And a few people put a really good comment. Um, interview the person who's the last qualifier to get in. You know, who's who, who qualifies fiftieth out of the pros and stuff. Oh, and okay. Did, did it, what did it mean? Did it, was it really important? Did they have to go and chase races or whatever? So we might look at maybe not necessarily the last person, but somebody who looked like they went and chased a few races to get in, and uh, and why they actually wanted to get into Kona. Okay, Barry Stiff. Oh, Sif. Who's Barry Sif? Well, we're going to be interviewing him next week, so we'll find out a bit more about Barry, but he's one of the, the main men in, in the States in terms of he's been around for a long, long time, done a lot of media work and stuff, and uh, he's joined up with um, Hits. the Hits Triathlon Series. And they've also announced... John, I have to say, mm-hmm. I'm a little bit worried about the Hits. Well, I'm I, initially I was, but, uh, but I think they've... Because uh, it seems like they're trying to, to compete on price. And when, mm-hmm. when people just start to compete on price... Mm. it's not a good sign yeah so it's good well, they are trying to compete on price so if you know again people may not necessarily use this as their A race for the season but as a, as a you know from a coaching perspective I might now um, if there was a hits race close to somebody that I coach and say right we want to go get a decent training day out of this um, you know 150 bucks now to enter an iron distance race yeah oh, it's great awesome awesome yeah. awesome but is it sustainable you know, well, do they end up two years from now? We never heard of them again. Yeah, but because what was that other series that came around a few years ago? And yeah, but they the, the, uh, the one it was one try or something like one oh one two one or yeah, one something like, something like that. But their model was different. They were going after the pros. They were paying big prize money, um, and they lasted like three races. Yeah. Whereas these guys are going at participation, so it's looking at a different angle. There's no prize money or anything like that. Um, I said no pros at all. Not to my knowledge, yep. no. Uh, okay. And and they're going for the whole festival of events, so they're going to go to a town and put on a distance for everybody. So yep. that is their differentiating point. So they won't be making anything out of these. This iron. They'll be probably losing money by by um, by having an, an iron distance race. But maybe it just adds a little bit to it. And I and I think it's. Um, do you think Do you think WGC will one day make that transition? You know, you kind of go. You know, as a business, you go, okay, well, what opportunities are there? You know, we we got our core business, which for Ironman WTC is Ironman races and seventy point three races, a little bit of fifty point fifty or fifty one fifty, but it's not really taking off yet. But oh no, I disagree with that. <laughs> well, but they bought races. Yeah, you know, the, the brand isn't huge yet. Yeah, you know what I mean. And so, um, but you know, the festival events over a weekend, mm-hmm. you know, they haven't tapped into that market, and you know, that's where the competition like hits are saying, well what can we differentiate ourselves and, and then how can we make this work and also you need to do all those events to make profit if you're not pulling off 2,000 Ironmen mm. do you think WTC will look and eventually go okay let's do a, a weekend somewhere I don't know about round an Ironman but maybe I mean I think they could potentially they, they, no they still they still do a lot of that at other races you know for for Ironman races you often see a kids race there um, yep. you often see uh, but if you had an Olympic run? a half an Ironman kids race. I, I can see it happening around a, a fifty-one fifty or a seventy-point-three. I think, Ironman. but an Ironman there's going to be too much going on. Um, so yeah, just think hits. We'll keep following what hits are up to. Yeah, hopefully they can make it through. Crow's bringing the book out. I saw that. Yes, uh, as the crow flies, just in time for Kona. Good name. Yeah, as the crow flies. So it'll be interesting to see. 
Oh, it has to be agreed, con- wouldn't it? There have to be some controversy in there. Well, yeah, it seems like one thing we know about Crow is one thing we know about all the Australians. The Australians are great, the pros, because they just say what they think. Mm. They don't beat around the bush. Also, a great thing about Crow, he's got nothing to prove. He's not trying to, you know, he's not trying to grease up anyone's back now. You know, he's he's made himself. He's got his own name, and he and he says what he thinks. And um, I, it'd be a great read, hopefully. Hopefully, mm. he he kind of brings that to it. Mm. You get the feeling you will. I think you will. Yeah. Yeah. There's always got to be a bit of controversy in there. I wonder how much of a, a book it will be or how much, because it looks like there's going to be a bit of a photo journal as well. Uh, yeah. So maybe, hopefully, it's there's good content in there as well. Because sometimes they do a photo journal, you know, little yeah. kind of snippets here and there. So what's happening with John's ITU update, John? Uh, the ITU circuit's getting back into action. ITU World Triathlon Series is moving to Stockholm this weekend. So it's a sprint distance race. Uh, couldn't find a start list there, but it'll be interesting to see who's backing up after the Olympics. Um, but do the, many people normally after the Olympics take a break? Yeah, nah, not really. No, nah, just, no, just keep, keep, keep going. Maybe. maybe the few of the... Uh, the top top guys got medals, maybe maybe chill out a bit. But um, do the Brownies get paid for winning the Olympics? Do you uh, think they would have varies, got a bonus? It varies from country to country. Uh, mm. Yeah, I would I would expect that they may not get a direct here. Here's a hundred thousand dollars, but yeah, to be stuff that happens. We'll look after you, mate. We'll look after you. Yeah, um, but it's an interesting format this weekend. It's sprint distance, and then the next day they have the mixed relay, which is kind of cool. Where they have uh, two girls, two guys in a team. It's a super sprint. It's like a three hundred meter swim, seven k bike, two or three k run, and you go. I think it goes girl first, then guy, then girl, then guy last, and it's uh, it's cool all over. Get some good racing. What's drafting. This, I just said that. I wasn't listening. I think it's a 300 metre swim, I think it's a 7k bike, and I think it's a 3k run. It's okay. a ballpark in that, so that range. just smash yourself. Smash yourself. But you do, it is quite good racing because you get quite a few little breaks happening, so you get you know two or three people teaming up. And but it's the, country, it is drafting. Yes, and it's country versus country. Um, so, so it's, 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 it's a team cool. win. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Ah, it is good. How often do you do that? Uh, this will be third year, I think, maybe third or fourth I mean, no, how many times a season? Oh, once. Oh, it's only once? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. But if that became an Olympic sport... Well, that's what they're pushing for. That's our topic of the week this I week, know, Devin. I know, I don't want to do a lead-in because we're going to do an ad. Training, Training peaks. peaks. Sean, tell us about it. Well, Facebook, the, the share prices might be going down. But a lot of people, oh, what's half the money? But a lot of people still use it. So uh, Training Peaks have got a, a link on there. When you when you do a workout, you can share it on uh, on training on Facebook. So if you want to lay a bit of intimidation factor down on your, uh, on your fellow competitors, if you put out an amazing workout... Or, uh, or you could always do the sneaky go ride around on your bike and actually put it up as a as a run file, or uh, drive your car and put it as a bike file. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I did that. Well, I didn't put it up on training peaks, but I kind of left my phone on after after a ride once. I drove home and my average speed was phenomenal. <laughs> so basically, on the, the when you open up a workout in the bottom left corner, I think it is, is a little bit. Um, little icon there you can share that workout on Facebook so that's kind of cool if especially if you're trying to um, develop a bit of a following you know if you're a, an age group who's trying to get sponsorship or um, if you're an elite trying to get sponsorship and you just want to have a bit of a community on trying Facebook trying to impress someone yeah trying uh, yeah yeah uh, looking for a bit of passion so um, you share that on Facebook so another cool thing you can do and also I th- Segment analysis, again, I, I use this so much for myself and for my athletes, is you can basically go in there, you pull out, pull out a workout, if you've been using a GPS or power reader, and you can just go through highlighting different sections. So I did a 10K um, run at the weekend, and 
and I had obviously my K splits in there, but I was really interested to see, you know, not necessarily just Ks, but also my sort of halfway split, my 3K, how I was sort of fading, or if I was fading from, you know, my first 3Ks, my last 3Ks, you can basically go through and create all these different laps, and it gives you all your averages. If it's bike and you've got power, it gives you power. If it's pace, it gives you average pace and distance. If you're going up a hill, you can select a particular hill and sort of compare that and then go back to workouts and compare the same hill you know a couple of weeks later um, so it prevents you you don't necessarily always need to be hitting that lap button so and the one other thing I've got to say is um, Axel who was on our, yep. our show the other day on, on Legends he's um, one of his athletes he coaches uses a, a Garmin and he said oh can you show her how to use a device agent which is the piece of software training peaks use to connect your your yep. GPS unit to, to, to training peaks and uh, and I said yeah I can show her it's going to take 20 seconds you literally have that piece of software you put your watch next to your computer and oh, you exactly. press two buttons and all your workouts boom straight up there within seconds so nice and easy so Simple check it out as bro use the promo code IAMTALK and make sure when you go to the site if you're going to sign up you do go through IAMTALK.me because then they can track you and know that you've come from us it's all good okay this week's discussion we have a, a, a um, how does that one Zatico uh, Zlatko Zlatko sent through a question which got John thinking so Zlatko sent through a question and John basically featured it, it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it got me thinking if triathlon would have three medals at the Olympic Games which event would you want so and also if we were, uh, kind of added that other one we were talking around the idea of if a top triathlete were to race in another event at the Olympics which would they have the best chance of doing the best at so it doesn't mean they're going to win or anything but you know they might come 10th in the 10,000 metre and they might come 15th in the 1500 metre swim so some people thought Brownlee might do quite well in the 10k and it's like uh, anyway, Zlatko came back. I found John's comment that got me thinking. So it's episode 317. 31 minutes and 10 seconds in, John says, Alistair Brownlee is, in most sports, is there, in the Olympics, would be one of the strongest favourites. There you go. That's what I did say. I didn't say he was a world-class runner or anything like that. But you said he I was, was like, like a dominating favourite. Yeah. Like the USA basketball team. Yeah. You know, exactly. Everyone was, you'd be silly not to pick them. Exactly. And Zlata also said, hey guys, thanks for the love on the show. Motivation behind my question was that there are other sports where people are winning more medals. Wouldn't it be cool if it happened in triathlon as well? Regarding um, at Martina's comment, Brownlee ran 29.09 on a twisting course with a U-turn on asphalt gravel and then jogged the last 50 metres after all that and the swim on the bike. Taking into account, he can surely run a low 28, maybe even a, maybe even a high 27, 10k on the track. What do you think? Do you think that's realistic? Um, do you think he could? Like, I, I, if, that, if, that 29, if that was an accurate 10k, then I'd have to say yes. I'd, I'd say yeah, a low 20. And what they do on the... On the um in the Olympics or the track but it was a slow race wasn't it I think it was 27.30 I think I think so, so in theory yeah that's theory yeah but no he would be he'd be getting lapped you reckon lapped yeah wow if, if, if the pace was on yeah yeah it's awesome but he's still an awesome runner oh guy's a legend okay so um, surely Brownleys would do great in the 10,000 on the track that came from Andrew Clements Jeff the Explosion Curry can't wait can't wait to see the sprint Team relay in the Commonwealth Games in Glasgow 2014. Not much chance of a non wetsuit swim in Scotland. 
wonder will anyone do the whole thing in a wetsuit to save time? As we, we saw that recently in a race. Yeah, we did. It was Maddie Reid, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, John Ellis has got Super Sprint Team Race Standard and an Ironman providing the Tour de France style commentary to make it all interesting. How about a Sprint Standard 70.3 and an Ironman and a bonus medal for the result for all four? <laughs> That's a good idea. Rhythmic Gymnastics. Uh, because seeing Alistair Brownlee with a ribbon would be pure gold. <laughs> Joshua Crabb, mixed team, super sprint, draft legal and exciting individual non-drafting sprint individual team time trial on a single loop technical bike course. Uh, throw a bone to the proficient cyclists and the existing individual uh, international distance drafting race. When Erin Baker tried to do the Commonwealth Games, what did she run in? She got close to the standard time, didn't she? Yes, I think she maybe even did it, but there was a few other good girls. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that was later in her career too, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. That was real late yeah. in her career, you know? She was, yeah. she was a legend. Um, Peter Swatchwell, the three events would have to be Olympic, distance, sprint triathlon, and Ironman non-drafting. Mm. And Andy Potts would be very competitive in any freestyle swim at the Olympics. Good nice. call. David Manley. Uh, it's been <laughs> Great said, name. It's been said, Olympic as it stands, male or female, mixed team relay as per ITU designation and a 17.3 or equivalent distance. Exterra is probably more likely to get a go um, than a half and I can imagine a very good Exterra being done on the mountain bike course at Hadley Farm. Was it the one they had at the... I assume so. That looked spectacular, that mountain bike course. Yeah, it was oh. pretty... I, I watched about an hour of it. It was in, pretty interesting. In terms of pure mountain biking, I don't know whether it was a good course or not, but in terms of a, a spectator, spectator yeah. and for TV, it was Because it was just laps, wasn't it? Oh. Yeah, like 15-minute laps, wasn't it? Um, Chris Haig, have you done Chris Haig? No. Okay. Uh, team Relay, Olympic Distance, and uh, Ironman, basically. I like the idea of an extra medal going to all three, too. Uh, I would think triathlons, triathlete would be best at the 10,000 metre on the track. Uh, being the running man's sure, um, I'd love to see a 140.6 140, or even a 70.3, but I agree with David that a 140.6 won't fly with the Olympic crowd too long, and a 70.3 might be pushing it, but hey, how about it? James, uh, Malcolm James has got Olympic distance 70.3 mountain bike off-road try. The iron distance would be a complete disaster due to the logistics of road closures and safety. Having seen both the tries at, the Lo at London and also the road races and marathons, the level of attention to all the details would make it impossible to stage an Ironman distance race at any major city to IOC standards. Pots in the swim would be best for the finals. Nice. Your thoughts, John? Uh, normally people have put down here an Ironman. I thought we were going to have everybody saying, oh, I'll put an Ironman in there. But I, I agree with people that um, Did you know, an Ironman is going to struggle. I, I don't see it happening, and I can no. see lots of reasons why it wouldn't happen. But to me, if any time to put an Ironman on where the spectators would actually watch, it would be the Olympics. Because what you do in the Olympics, what do you do? You flick channels, don't you? Mm. You kind of go, okay, I'm going to watch a little bit of gymnastics and then you, next thing you know you're watching some swimming then next thing you know you're watching some fencing and, mm. and and as a spectator you could kind of sit down at the beginning of your kind of spectating day okay okay, what's happening now you can kind of come spectating and go spectating day I'd love to sit there all day and watch it <laughs> I kind of did this one all night <laughs> but you know like if anything it's kind of an event that you can like the marathon when when it's if, like the middle I didn't see the marathon but if I had my Sky Note eight channels I wouldn't sit there and watch the whole marathon but I'd come back and go mm. and I'd watch other things and and maybe as a spectator of the Ironman could work. I, I, it's never going to happen no. because it's long. But yeah. Uh, yeah, but but debating the point whether it 
if, it was, if we were going for pure Olympic sports, should it be in? And, I, and the is, big issue I think is gonna, would happen is that uh, you've got this drafting. It's going to be a nightmare. We see what it's like in Kona. It's bad enough. But put it in a slightly more moderate climate. And the, we have rules are strict. We have rules that are strict. And the, the standard would... The standard might not necessarily go much higher in terms of the winning of it. Um, but you're going to have a lot more depth. So you're going to have 50 guys coming out of the swim probably pretty close together and uh, trying to break that up on the bike. I see that as probably being the main barrier um, for that. What do you think would happen if they made it drafting? That would be interesting. That would be interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah. That'd be a fascinating race. It would be really interesting if you only had to have one person per country or something. You know, yeah, so something there's like no that. teams or something. If there's, no, if there's team, yeah. Yeah. And that would be interesting. So like, yeah, one country, one athlete per country and it was a drafting race. Mm. So you had to swim... <clears throat> And then it's basically like a cycle race, really. Mm. And then you've got the marathon. Mm. It'd be fascinating, wouldn't it? Mm. Mm, I guess like if you're under the table deals going on yeah, there. Yeah, well, probably would. But then you've got the guys, like the Crows, it, does that work better for a Crow, for the runners, like the Pete Jacobs and the Crows and that, you know, like it's, because if, if they're in a cycle pack. But it, if you're a good, a really good swimmer, really good biker, fair runner, um, you imagine, so, so, say you were Norman Stadler. Yep. Um, if Norman Stadler and uh, somebody else like Lado. Norman Stadler decide to go, right, let's go for it, yeah. and, uh, and they can just TT off the front together, yeah. um, that would be. That almost destroy it, wouldn't it? Yeah. But then again, they've got a whole pack behind them chasing them. Mm. So the pack, you know, the power of the pack, if mm. they could get organised, and if you've only got 50 athletes. Mm. Oh, what a great race that would be. It would be interesting. Mm. Um, so what do you think? My th- thoughts are, and I was, uh, as, as a mixed relay I think would be cool. I think that adds, it's got quite good spectator sort of feel for it and it's quite exciting and you get quite a few things changing on there. I definitely agree. And a short individual time trial yeah, um, like would be would be mm. really cool. Just one person per country. And then I even wonder whether the Olympic distance is almost a little bit too long. Um, I know that's the standard distance, but it's you know, a two-hour race. It's getting a bit long, especially if you have a procession on the bike. Well, I think I was saying that after the females race, after the females Mm. race, that middle section was just a bore. Mm. You know, that bike section was just a bore. Nothing was happening. It wasn't very much of a spectacle. You know, the run was great. The swim was interesting, but the the bike was just... But I do wonder if we get the same result if we did a sprint distance. Sprint Mm. distance race, whether you get the same result. But if if, if that became the focus of our sport, how does that change things? Mm. You know, like if, if, if suddenly they do go, you know what? Olympic distance isn't really working at the Olympics. That, that you know, we needed a shorter event. That's about now, mm. you know, which which you know would be really interesting. How does that shift our sport? Because then all the top guys, you know, aren't going to be doing Olympic distance anymore, are they? No, no. It would be uh, be interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah, they, an hour race or two hour race, you just go for it on the run. Like in the ten k, you've still got to pace yourself. And I know the guys go out really hard. In 5K, those guys would just rip it from... It'll just oh, be, it'd just be absolute spoofiest, wouldn't it? It'd be good. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I, I still... I think you'd probably have the same results. You'd have... It'd be a lot tighter, obviously. What's the most exciting distance to watch? Sprint? Yeah, when, when you have sprint finishes and stuff, yeah. and you've got guys going together. It's... Um, this yeah. is problem. You know, I was watching... I'm doing a speech tomorrow. I'm going down to do a speech at a... Yeah. Um, a big conference actually, Wrightsons, you know Wrightsons? Yep. Yeah, I'm going to have a speech through there. And um, and, and I was, part of my speech is I'm, I'm using a little bit of a bit of Iron Man analogy and, and you know what I'm talking about. And I, and I used a bit of video from 2010, Maka winning Kona. And, uh, and I edited it a little did bit. Did you get permission for that? Oh, of, course, of course I did, John. <laughs> I actually made a video, a homemade video of me pretending That's right, when we, when we were over there. Yeah, that's right, yeah. yeah. And uh, in 2010, yeah. yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> and but the interesting thing was, I watched a video 
I watched the Kona video, you know, the you know the NPC, you know, footage, and I, and it really made me think: Is this really the experience most people are having at Iron Man? Like the the package they sell is most people failing, you know, and then the glory at the end. And and I kind of thought, sure, there is an aspect of that to our sport, but do they oversell it for the spectacle, for the drama of the event? And obviously they do, but it'd be interesting to see how many people actually connect with the experience they see on TV if they really feel they're having that experience themselves or as an Iron Man, you know, hard day and pretty challenging, but, you know, do you really die as much as the footage portrays? Mm. Mm, it was interesting. Interesting. John, um, what about the other event? What Don't, other event? Well, which event would a triathlete do, Alan? Um, somebody said long distance swim. Yeah, no one mentioned that. That's, um, that's basically... That's 4K, isn't it? Or is yeah, 5K? Yeah. Uh, no, it's 10K. Oh, Stinker, that's yeah, right. And they did, they swam in the same venue as the triathletes and went non wetsuit. How fast are they doing? I'll try to pull it up. Oh, I, I don't know. Yeah, it was the same thing. It, it comes down to like a sprint finish. It's quite funny, you know, you've been swimming 10k. Because they just draft each other, don't It's like a bike yeah. race, isn't it? Yeah. We met the guy who won the last one, remember, in Kona? On, on the boat. He, yeah, I remember meeting him. Was he with the gold medalist? Yeah. Was he? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, Albert had watched the race as well. Albert's telling me all about it. I suppose it. you get a few of the other cyclists, they'd, they'd still get decimated, but percentage wise, they might get it. I don't know how close they would get. I'd probably say running. Yeah, the, with the brownies the way they run. If Only per- brownies. Percentage wise. What about 1500 metre? How far would we be behind them? Lo- oh, I don't know. Anyway, running running races would be where we'd probably get closest. Brownies would get closest. Okay, I'm trying to find swimming. Long distance, will that be under swimming? Or under long distance swimming? Event. Men's events. 10,000 mara- 10, metre marathon. Okay. Oh, give me the time. Here we go. An hour 49. Nice. And it was a sprint. He won by three seconds. That's hardly a sprint. The girls were like really sprinting, I think. And I watched, saw the girls finish. Oh, well, it was literally like a, just a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were going, going, going nut bar. So wait a second. So if they're doing 10Ks, what's that a K? They're just going very fast. 10Ks divided by an hour 59, John. What's they're that? going fast. This week's topic, um, we had an email in from Patrick Topham. And he went and did a local sprint try. This was uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago. And the swim in the channel that leads into the harbour. And the tide was going out, low to hide, in about 3.3 to 5 knots. The first people that went were the elites. And then after they'd done a couple of age groups, after the third wave, they stopped the race, pulled out 90 first timers and from the water and changed the swim course. Really? Um, those of us in the first three waves had to drill it just to finish the quarter mile portion um, that was into the tide. Even strong experienced spinners were going backwards. After the race, the race director decided to throw out the swim times and base the results on the bike and run. A friend of mine went to um, second to fifth overall in his age group. <laughs> Um, I had guys that I beat by five minutes now finishing ahead of me. The other part um, that's crap is anyone swimming in the fourth wave and on would be much fresher coming out of the water. Um, have you ever heard of this happening at a USATA race? Um, and it's was it a USATA race, was it? Sounds like. So, again, I'm not vetoing what Patrick says here, but it basically <laughs> it got me got me thinking. And, again, we've had uh, – what, what, what do you guys think should be done if the swim gets cancelled? Oh, so what's a better solution? Yeah. And, and, and most well, races. don't cancel it halfway through the swim. That's probably a good thing. Yeah, but if you started, what do you do? Oh, that's a, that was a hard if, situation. If, pe- if people are in there and they clearly not can't aren't able to to finish the swim, I think they made the right decision. Whether they made the right decision in terms Real of how results. they interpreted the results, that's a different story. But I've been in the same same experience where what um, 
well, I wasn't actually racing. I was helping organise a race around Scarborough, and uh, and people were out in the swim, and they're coming out of the swim, and we got a call from the guy doing the traffic management. Said, "Right, I'm not allowing anybody on the bike course," and, uh, really? and so they're running out of the swim. Why? Why did it? It was really, really windy day. It was a howling oh, southerly coming okay. through. And did and you get down past the estuary and stuff? Yeah, okay. I didn't necessarily agree with the call, but the call was made. It yep. was dangerous to go out on the bike, and uh, and so people are running out of the swim, getting, getting excited for the bike, and we're saying, "It's a run." You're not biking. Oh, so you're trying to tell them as they're coming out of, oh, really? I'm have this one. Oh, no. So the bike's cancelled. And uh, that was obviously only a small local race. So at an Ironman race um, or any big major race, what do you think? And, and what I've put the, assum- the, the asterisks here, assuming there's no split transition. So wait a second. Let's put some caveats on it. So they've actually started the race? Because in this situation, actually, some people had started and some hadn't. Well, that's a good point. Do you want to throw that in there as well? Let's have, let's have a two-part. Okay. The swim gets cancelled like the day before the race or the okay. morning of the race what do we do what format should it be you know just TT start on the bike or, or run bike run or whatever and how, long, how long should that how long on... should that run be uh, that first run if you want to have a run and secondly if they had to cancel the swim mid race like this if it was a wave start had, yeah, is there a solution well you'd always have to stop have an hour's break and start again yeah. so the people who had actually done some swim had a bit of a rest surely yeah. they're the only fair way of doing it Yeah. what happened in your race were people upset well, nobody did the bike, so it wasn't too big an issue. I mean, people were upset they didn't get to do a bike, but yeah. at least it was fair. Have I, did you make the run longer? No. By the way, do another lap now when they come in from the first lap of the run. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so they were, they were swimming 11-minute Ks. Nice. 15 Ks. Nice. What do you swim a K in? Um, at the moment, you know. No, when you're good. Um, <laughs> well, you're pro- probably a- averaging, I guess, 115s if I was doing like a, a 1K time. If I was doing a 10K, no, no, just what would you do a 1K in normally? Oh, 1K. If yeah. I was going swimming really all out, yep. um, it would be uh, 12 and a half minutes, I guess. Wow, so you're smacking it. But that's smacking it for 1K yeah, yeah, for me. Yeah. That's 115s. And so what did you swim in Ironman? And you swam in Ironman about 50, didn't you? 40, 48, I think was my quickest. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you? <laughs> right. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. And right, you swam 48, did you? Yeah. Really? I was, you're smacking I was it. like in the top 15 out of the swim. Well, yeah. Blinder was like looking, going, I think, because you're in rote, you stand on top of this bridge, all the spectators, and they can see you swimming underneath. And um, Blinder's looking down, I'm sure that's John. Surely it can't be John. He's too far out. <laughs> I had a good swim in his road as well. It's a good day for us yeah. in the water. Um, so, wait a second. So, what was that about, Kay? That's about, that's about what was that, 48? That's with a wetsuit, though. This is non wetsuit. Oh, that's a non wetsuit? Mm. Wow. 11 minutes. They're moving. 10 times. They're moving. Smoking it. And our good old Melalio. Where's he from? Oh, I don't even know. Tunisia. Tunisia. There we go. He was, uh, he got second or third in the 1500 metres too. There you go, Bevan. In the pool. So oh, he did he? 1500 in the pool and then he went to that. I'm pretty sure of that. I remember well, so. the women's race, John, it was 1.4 of a second. There you go. That was a sprint. Little look at and yeah, and there was only three seconds back. Second place does not look happy about it. No, she was not. No, not at all. No, you wouldn't be if you lost by 0.4 of a second. Yeah. Okay, what's up next, John? Sponsor. Javi Heavy, Heavy Olives, um, sent us through a coffee fact, Bevan. How'd you get Heavy? Oh, it's a J. It could be Spanish. I don't know. It's either Javi or... Oh, do they say it with an H, do they? Well, yeah, Heavy A. Do you say H or H? H. 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 Uh, I H. That's what the Aussies do. You, do you go so Pom State? No, I say H. You say H, like yeah, that. yeah. H. H. John, we can't be too critical. Herb. Of, of Is it? Do you say how do you say herb? No, I say herb. Not herb. herb. It's got an H there. Yeah, where's the herb? Where's, 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 
instead of silent H. <laughs> I'm the last person to criticise people saying <laughs> all these people around the world outside New Zealand going, you guys. <laughs> It just nincompoops when it comes to any sort of pronunciation. <laughs> exactly. Bloody kiwis. Yeah. So, um, Heavy or Javi Olives uh, gave us coffee fact. Coffee grinding rifle. During the Civil War era, each soldier was issued with coffee beans as regular a regular ration. Because the bean is useless unless pulverised, the soldiers adapted the habit, adopted the habit of using the butt end of their rifles to make the bean into powder. This procedure um, has led for, to a quick tasty coffee but unfortunately it not uh, it not only jarred the precious mechanism of the arm of line but it also cut down on the life expectancy of the weapon not to mention the careless soldier the army sought a way out um, and the sharps model 1860 rifle was made as the answer the stock of the gun had a little hole large enough to admit the bean and the little crank which the foot soldier was able to crack the first step of satisfying his hunger well that's pretty over it so they made a gun especially just so people to get some good coffee. coffee as well there you go that's the coffee grinding rifle that's amazing that's probably one of the best facts we've ever had John Thank you, Mr. Olives. <laughs> so if you want to get your Coffees of Hawaii, go to coffeesofhawaii.com. If you want to get the promo codes, go to imtalk.me. And there's a whole there's bunch of about coffee codes. that just makes people happy. You mm. know, you, you see it. They get up in the morning, oh, feeling a bit tired, and they get their coffee. I see it in Joe's eyes. She gets that coffee, mm. and suddenly something changes. There's a light switches on. There you go. If you want to get some coffee when you're over in Kona, come and see us on the Coffees of Hawaii boat. We're only going to be recording one more show before we go to Kona. One, well, next week we'll be recording about four shows. Yes, but you and I in the room together. Exactly. Yeah, one show. Okay, um, John, we've taken nearly an hour just to the news. Okay, that's good, but well, the rest of the show is not too much there, so that's all good. Okay, let's talk about. Do you want some music? Yes, I do. Get some music. Coach's perspective. <laughs> That's right. So, so a question I've been asking John a bit about lately is the idea of what's going to happen to a lot of these. It's kind of the four-year event really in triathlon, isn't it? You've got these guys who have committed their whole life to doing Olympic and, and their Olympic dream and, and maybe hoping into a medal or even just experiencing the Olympics. And we saw it with Mecca. Really, the one regret he has in his career is that he never went to the Olympics and he obviously chased it pretty hard in the last year. Now we've got to the end of the London Games, great Olympic Games, really interesting racing for the boys and girls races mm -hmm. for different reasons. What's going to happen to the athletes who are maybe not, we're not going to see in Rio? What they should be doing is going to SLS Try. Oh, you're going to put an ad in there? And get that. And I just want to say, because it's brought to you by SLS oh, okay. Try, coach's perspective. Um, so this is basically John's perspective on What's going to happen to a few of the pros moving forward? So I basically I didn't look. At, I just looked at the had a quick scan through the the Olympic results and was sort of picking out names of people who, firstly, I think are probably going to move on from may well move on from Olympic distance and uh, and that might do well at Ironman. And the first name that came up for me was uh, Sven Riedra, and he finished. I don't actually know where he finished in the race, but he finished uh, got the bronze in Athens, and I'm not sure how he did in Beijing. 
But um, good work and, on your peas, mate. Yeah, he's he's out. He's been a really solid athlete. Um, and it, but the thing is, he's a good biker. You know, that's what Athens was won and lost largely on the bike. And uh, and so he's, he's a machine runner. He's had some great runs. But I think he, the Swiss precision. I think he's got a real good chance of uh, maybe making his way through. And Chris Gemmell, um, he is. He's, he said that he's uh, stepping away from Olympic distance, so he'll be going to halves, and I assume he'll go to do some falls as well. And he's oh, a can real. I, can I can I ask when will the, when will we see Chris doing an Olympic? Well, he's already done a few halves. I know, um, but when will we see? Like, is it the next few weeks? Or will it be a few months? Or will it be next year? Do you think? Do you think we'll see these guys come through soon? Uh, and halves, probably not fulls. But I wouldn't be surprised to see Gemmell doing a full next year. Okay. Uh, and I think he'll do really well. He's he's, um, he's 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 sometimes a little bit fragile in terms of um, blowing up and stuff like that on the run and Olympic distance. But I think he's pretty smart in terms of uh, he'll understand how his sort of Ironman works. And I don't think he'll go out there and, and nuke it too hard on the bike. One guy that just crushes everybody um, at Olympic distance on the bike is Tyler Butterfield, and his um, wife is Nikki Butterfield, who also is uh, an ex-cyclist, and she won the Abu Dhabi race. Uh, and he's just he just gets drilled in the swim, and then he often rides up to groups, through groups. Oh, really? And, uh, and, and Olympic, and and does quite well. Wow. Okay. But uh, he just doesn't doesn't cut the mustard on the swim. So he's a good, fantastic biker good runner um, his swimming will be absolutely fine at Olympic distance so he's another one I think could, could potentially see come across and then the, the British domestique Stuart Hayes uh, is a great swim he's a good great great swim bike runner is he quite old is he? Uh, he's been around for a little bit. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You I don't think, think he'll try to hang on for real. Well, he might. I think he'll probably move away from drafting races. Probably move into okay. you know fifty, either fifty-one fifties or halves or potentially fulls. But I think he's another guy that could do really well. Um, he has. He's got miles and legs. He's been around a while. And guys like Stuart Hayes, you know, you, you don't often see them in the top ten. Although he did win a world championship series race last year. Um, he's still a fantastic runner. But mm. you know, he's he's losing a minute and a half or so. Maybe to two minutes to Brownlee, but he's still he'll absolutely smoke most time. I wonder about things like that. You know, you look at the the, the Doherty's and the Hayes's and the, the Kempers and you know these guys you're mentioning. How do you think they felt going into the Olympics and kind of deep down knowing they had no chance? I don't know. We have to ask them that question. Um, you know, like I wonder. You know, like you look at a Doherty who's in his day was the best hmm. and uh, and had been proven Olympian. You know. He probably wouldn't have had that quite that same amount of excitement. You know, he would have wanted to go out there and and get a top ten. I think yeah. that would have been his real goal and, and finish his career, knowing I went out there and raced as hard as I possibly could. I put the best performance I could out there. Um, but his heart wouldn't. I'm sure his heart would not have quite been at the same level um, mm. than what it was. Kemper was just, yeah, you know, he was just good to make it. Really, I mean, um, I don't know. It was just stupid qualifying. He qualified really late, and I think he ever stood a chance. I just thought his tactics were. Odd on the bike. Um, you mean just sitting in the back? Yeah. You think he should have tried to attack? Well, no, I just think it wasn't good. Just just good sportsmanship yeah. in terms of not helping the group right up to the to the front group. Yeah. Um, Especially because you deep down you know you're going to run. I, it. I can't. I don't know. Maybe he'll go long. He's never even done halves or anything like that. When it, or he, I don't think he has. Whereas you look at Bevan and um, Gemmell and a lot of these other guys have done at least done some halves. Yep. So I don't know. I think he'll probably just get on the um, the stay on the fifty one fifty circuit and, and stick around the US and and do. But when do these guys start retiring? Don't know. He's pretty. He's he's getting. He's been to. Every, he's Sydney, been. Wasn't he? He's been to every Olympics. Yeah. So. It's twelve but years. He's still doing really well, and in America, he'll have a great name, and he can probably make a good, 
um, a good living out of endorsements and, and he'll still do really well at non-drafting races and drafting races in America. Yep. Um, other names that I saw on the list that um, would probably be moving on, I would have thought would be Tim Don. Um, he's not quite an, such an axe on the bike, so I can't see him necessarily doing amazing things at Ironman. Bevan Doherty, um, I think he'll probably do more halves rather than and do stuff in America rather than necessarily doing fours. Doherty. Uh, he is 35... 35. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and Simon Whitfield, I think that'll be the end of the road for him. And, and um, I triathlete overall? Uh, Triathlon overall? C- certainly for Olympic distance and drafting stuff. I don't, don't know what he'll do. I am not don't know him particularly well, but his, when we interviewed him, he didn't really drop any too, too many hints that he might do Ironman racing. Um, but I can't see him sticking around for other Olympics because he's one of the other guys that was there in Sydney 2000, obviously, winning the race. Mm. So that's the guy, guy's side of things. Girls I was struggling with a bit. Um, I don't think she will, but I think somebody who would do very, very well would be Nikki Samuels. She's obviously an axe on the bike. and uh, Yeah, and she's a, she's a good runner. Again, comparing it to what the Ironman girls run, she's... She's a good runner. Um, and the other one that she hasn't been racing very well is Dan- Daniela Reef, and she's also an absolute axe on the bike. And again, compared to the ITU girls these days, she's not a very good runner, but compared to Ironman girls, she'd do just fine. Um, before the Olympics, I would have thought Lisa Norton, um, but, she, but she's now an Olympic medalist, so I think she'll stick with that one. She would have been quite good at Ironman, I think. And then two Americans, Laura Bennett, um, I just wonder whether she's got the patience for Ironman or whether that motivates her but she'll probably be moving on I think she's like 37 or something like that mm. and maybe Sarah Haskins who didn't make the Olympic team um, but she's a machine swim biker and, and again a very good runner but she probably makes a pretty good living just doing Olympic distance races in the States I would imagine It's interesting as well if you look at like Kemper just because he's topical you know the guy's been an athlete for must have been 14 years you know, for a long, long oh, time Longer than that yeah, yeah, yeah 16 to 18 Really competing at that level? Well if he went if he went to Sydney in 2000, you would think he would have to be at a high level prior to that for, say, about four years. Yep, so so 16 years. Mm. So you go, does it start to get a bit long in the tooth for them anyway? Or is it that thing where they know nothing else, so mm. they're kind of stuck in this world, so they might just go to longer distance because it's the only thing they know. You know, yeah. But he's still, well, still very good. You know, that's the thing. He could, he's, he's got a choice. I can do... American races, just stick to the home home soil stuff, probably still be going top fives at all those races, if not winning them, and still do really well, or go, this is an opportunity to try something different. Um, yeah, so I don't, don't know where they'll go. But, yeah, the one guy that has said he's going longer is Gemmel, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes Ironman fairly soon. Could he win it? Uh, I think so. Certainly not on first attempt, but um, he's of, yeah. And he's a little bit younger, isn't he? He's about no, 30. he's 35. Oh, he's 35, yeah. is he? Okay. With 34 or 35, he's a year, he's a year younger than me at school. Okay. Mm. So, and, geez, it'd be good if he won it. I think he's got... Good for us Kiwis to get, because mm. Brownie, you know what, Brownie's having a good year, and and, and I, I, I kind of deep down, I wonder if Brownie could be a bit of a dark horse for this Kona this year. Well, yeah. I, I, you know, but it's just, he's, had, he's probably had the best year outside of New Zealand he's had in a long time. Mm. You know, he just had some, that Melbourne race was, sure he'd lost to Crow, but Jesus, he, he was a pretty hard race. Mm. He's just having a pretty good year all around, and, and you know what, He's, you know who knows, but but he could be a bit of a dark horse. But once Brownie kind of starts to hang his shoes up, we've kind of really got Terenzo, but Terenzo hasn't really come through yet, mm-hmm. and potentially could. Hopefully, he does. But if we get Gemma in the game, it's good for us Kiwis. Exactly. 
Yeah. Mm. Um, so Coach's Perspective was brought to you by SLS Try. As I said earlier in the show, I went and uh, did a 10K at the weekend, sleeping in the compression tights again. Legs, oh, yeah. aren't, legs aren't too sore. Been, loving been, it. Been, been quite good. Yeah. yeah. So um, definitely one thing I do notice about them, I don't get as hot when I wear the SLS ones when I'm sleeping, so I can quite comfortably sleep. Why? I don't know. I just don't. Hmm. So I was, I was, I was, I was sleeping in them in, uh, in Kona as well. So really? yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, I was not, I was a, not note. a big deal. <laughs> That's why I didn't come into the lounge during the night. Why do, why do I always get the lounge? Because I organise everything. <laughs> okay. Basically, <laughs> it'll be the same this year. When I'm when I'm when I'm at Les Mills work, if I have to share rooms, which I don't really like doing that much, but. I always pull rank nowadays. I've been around a long time. You know, I get, you know, I'm like, hey, I'm DVD presenter, so I get the better room. <laughs> so um, get your compression tights from SLS Try. Also, if you want to get some deals, but we love deals. Um, I've got a sale page on Jeez, there. It's pretty good. And uh, I've got like, if you're looking to get a um, uh, a speed suit, you know, which you can wear over the top of um, your tri suit for a bit of extra speed. They've got their phobic suit on there. They've got them on sale for 140 bucks. They've got um, some cool black and white men's and women's tri tops for only 64 bucks. Um, race suits for 130. So get on to slstry.com. Remember, use the code I am talk. You get a nice, healthy discount. So check it out. slstry.com. Mm, that's really good. Yeah, we get good feedback about those guys. Okay, website of the week. And this one comes from triathlon.competitor.com. James the Wise One Botel sent through so it's not really necessarily a website of the week it's, it's more an of an interesting a, discussion a, isn't it an article of the week yeah and so basically there's an article really where they actually got and did the stats really so what they did is they got competitive, um, recently published a study and quantified the benefits of illegal drafting while you can't, can argue the merits of this test the results seem plausible and credible in summary no, situation number one, 192 watts average holding 25 miles an hour riding solo well, let me explain because if you watched the clip or not. No. So, okay. So, they basically wanted to see if you're riding in a pace line um, or you're riding at, you know, draft legal distance of 10 metres, um, whether you get any benefit from doing that or not. Yep. So, they got their power meter um, out and, and they basically rode a stretch of road, which was a, was a one mile stretch, and they rode it at 25 miles per hour. And, um, and they did it several times. Um, by firstly, the athlete did it by himself, and the athlete was uh, Tom Malone, who's the uh, local Brooklyn Tri Club legend, listener of the show. Oh, go and, Tom! And also, he's the oh, partner yeah. of Jenna from yeah, Tri Magazine. Yeah. Go Jenna, she rocks as well. She does. So what they did, they basically did that, um, did this one mile course, and they did it, you know three times um, to get you know accurate data with uh, just doing it by himself and so and he was holding speed not wattage yep so he's holding 25 miles per hour and then he sat uh, second in a three man pace line keeping the required distance based on the pros of 10 metre distance now this they were still staying at 25 miles an hour yep okay. yep. so, so they're all based on the same speed yep and they did several passes at it and so the average um, was 12 watts saved and they worked that out over the Ironman distance that he would have saved uh, 4 minutes 30 so it's quite significant. Um, it is when you, you know what, for a, well, even for a slow guys, but for, if you're trying to get a kind of slot, mm. you know, and saved energy. 
Mm. You know, it's not just to save time, it's also you get off the bike a bit fresher. So there's been wind tunnel tests and stuff, and, and well, I, I don't remember off the top of my head what the stats are, but these guys just did a pretty pretty basic test and saying, look, if you're sitting, even you're sitting at 10 metres, you're going to get a power saving, um, and you're also probably going to get a mental saving as well in terms of, you know, you just need to be sitting there rather than focusing so much up front. So just another reason that, um, you know, you've got to use the rules to your advantage, whether it's 7 metres or 10 metres. How often do you rotate? Sorry, but like when you're racing Ironman and you're on a bit of a pace line, there is a, there is a, a need to to share the work. Mm-hmm. How often did you rotate? Uh, just when Never. you when you feel the need to, to go up the front. Yeah, I just I just did my thing. You know, if I'm in the the right, I'm just totally. I don't care what other people are doing. I'll just if I if Sit I, on I the back. You know, if, if the pace you're is you're nicknamed Kemper. <laughs> I'll just if I need to go to the front. I need to, if I need to go to the front. I go to the front. If I don't, I'll sit in. So. Um, you just gotta, yeah, just gotta race smart people, and there is power savings to have if you sit at legal distance. Yeah, there really is, isn't there? Mm. But there is that whole question of because the, the problem that we have is often, you know, we often talk about your fresh race day, your fit, you know, you're your nutritioned up, so you're feeling really good. You sit in the pace line, you think I'm going too slow. Mm. You go to the front, and obviously it's harder, and you know, 12 watts harder based on yep. this kind of thing here, and. But there's that keenness that it's almost our enemy, isn't it? Mm. And it's learning to control that. You've got to keep an eye on the speedo as well as your power output and your heart rate. So you're using all those as gauges to keep you controlled. Exactly. Good work. Okay, sponsor. This weekend, Ironman Canada or Subaru or Subaru. Subaru. You guys tell a story about that. We're supposed to say Subaru, aren't we? Subaru, Ironman Canada's on. We've got some people on Athlinks that have added it to their uh, calendar. Old Lewis Tay, he's expecting a... He's got, his average time is 10.46. He's expected, to, they've got their RPI score, he's expected to finish in the top 15.5% of his age group. And he's got a funky specialised helmet on in his profile picture. That is pretty good. Donald Smith, he's going to be going for, a, he's got a PR of 11.21. His average, he's done nine races. He's got, he hasn't actually got his predicted time, but he's done, his average is 12. So he's had some good races. Got old Randy Laurie, he's going for a 20... A, 32 minute PB he's aiming for a 10.20 well Matt Lawrence he's like bugger there I'm going for like an hour PB oh. so he's done a 10.49 he's going for a 9.35 and he's making the big trip over from Croydon Surrey Great Britain and he's, he's his fifth Ironman well he's done five so his average is 11.45 so he's really trying to step it up do you think maybe being a bit ambitious John? equally ambitious is uh, Jeff Thompson he's looking to try to get shave an hour 24, 24 off his time he's going for an 11 hour Ironman See, Jim Adams, he's a bit more realistic. Yep. He's done a 12.23. just wants to get 12. Probably nice. should have gone 11.59, Jim. Holy smoke, Paul Stepler thinks, <laughs> he's, he dreaming. Gonna, he's, thinks dreaming. he's gonna win the race. <laughs> he's dreaming. He just wanted a bit of love on the show, I think. He's got a PB of 11.50.37. He's going for an 8.30. <laughs> an 8.30 generally wins you Ironman Canada. Paul, if you do that, email us. Yes. Yep, we'll get, you'll be an interview on the show next week. There you go. Uh, Bradley Sipley's aiming for a 10.30. Sam Doolittle. He's going to do a lot. Him. He is going to be doing a lot. <laughs> He's done 11.46. Jeez, lots of people have done lots. this, haven't they? So good luck, everybody racing Canada this weekend. Last person down on the list is Greg Schrockerod. <laughs> That's a good effort. Aiming for 11 hours. Nice work. Um, the other thing I want to bring up with Athlinks, and again, I keep harping back to this 10K that I did at the weekend that was pretty miserable performance. But, but did you um, put it on here? Uh, 
I'm going to probably maybe see if I can upload my Garmin file because the Garmin measured slightly more favorably than the actual uh, race distance. But I, but I did want because so what happened, I ran a 10K at the weekend and my, my Garmin said 10.35 Ks. Yep. Um, and so I wasn't very happy with the time. So I'll take the Garmin time. But what I wanted to do was actually firstly find out if it was accurate, but also I did a 10K um, a little while ago earlier in the year that was accurate it was bang on and I, some of the people racing that race were also doing the one I did at the weekend so I wanted to go back and compare the two oh well, dude, just went on to Athlinks and did it work yeah because it's just it's got all my results That's on there I, cool. I don't have to go back to the individual websites I can just go back and just look at all my 10k's that I've done and um, so I just love having everything in one place so make sure keep so wait a results. second they seem pretty much the same um, it didn't look very favourable for me. <laughs> Stick to the gun. So I was like, damn it. There was one guy that finished, um, I think he finished about 10 seconds. I, I, I bridged up to these two guys with about a K to go, and then I lost it in the last K. Because uh, he fought hard to get to them. Yeah, and the guy that um, just beat me by about 10 seconds or so at the weekend, I beat at this race early in the year probably by about, 30 seconds. Oh, no. So my hurts. performance is deteriorating. Yeah. What are you, what are you training for? Uh, to just not be fat. <laughs> so you can eat. Yeah. <laughs> so check it out, athlinks.com, get your results up there, put your stuffs in your calendar, and you might get a bit of love on the show. Okay, questions and answers. Thanks, man. Thanks for the support. We'll, we'll rip through these. Sarah Walker, she's given us a hard time. Now she's got, do you say Molina or Melina? She's got, it might be the Kiwi E, but every time you talk about Melina, you say an O as an E. I think that's you. I think I say Scott Molina. Molina? Molina? Molina. I say Scott Molina. Molina. No, I probably do say it as Molina. well. Molina. I say yep. Molina. Yeah, I'm I say sure. Molina. Might not make a difference to most people, but as a nurse, I know that Molina is a blood, bloody diarrhea. <laughs> Blackish appearance originating from the upper part of the gastrointestinal tract. Molina is a tri... Molina is a triathlete. Maybe he pronounces it that way. Thought I'd email rather than continue to talk to Thinia when you heard him talk about him on the show in the car. Nice. I don't know. I've always called him Melina. Melina. Yeah, but we we would probably say Melina. Molina. Molina. Molina from now on. Mol- you got Molina. 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 Should figure a Mo. Molina. He would have had a Mo in his time. He was around oh, the eighties. Because yeah. Mo's were caught in the eighties, making them PI. Yeah. But nowadays. Have you, have you grown, grown a mo? No. You ever grown I a had a goat. No, I didn't have a little goat. Did yet. you? Yeah, full little... Next time we do a show, that can be a cone of deer. When you're there, you've got to grow a goatee. What are you going to do? Oh, I can't yeah, grow probably get the same. I'll do it as well. No. Yep. Okay, no. But, but I, I can't do okay, it. Okay, no. Okay. <laughs> Next question, Richard Albert. He's got... Um, he was just giving us a bit of pronunciation help as well. Um, <laughs> he, he thought... Um, What's that Al- saying about Alistair Brown, Alistair Brownlee's intensity was unreal. Oh, it was amazing. Uh, can you imagine him at an Iron, Iron Man race? Uh, what do you think Alistair Brownlee could do an Ironman? I if, think I if, think it, if he didn't crack. Yeah. If he rode to power and he rode a, you know, rode a sensible race, God knows what he could do. And Kona, so we know it's, it's applicable to what the other guys are doing. Sabe, you think he'd be the one? Well, you could have good, yeah, if, if you could handle it. Again, if handle the heat. But imagine how fast he could run a marathon if it was. A, Someone's pulling out 230 the other day in the air to me. He could do a oh, 230. I think so. In an Ironman? Uh, who, who knows? Everybody's different when they go longer. They may be able to sustain it, or he may just explode. I hope he, I hope he comes to Ironman when he's not an old man. Mm. You know what I mean? Like maybe, hopefully, what, how old is he? Probably early mid twenties, I'd say. So let's say he's twenty three. 
just because Maybe. it's a number I put on my butt. Yep. So if he's 23, maybe two more Olympics? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Let's take him to 31. Yeah. So then come to Ironman at 31. You'd say the same thing about Lessing, though. You know, his do- his dominance is what Lessing used to do, and Lessing came across um, never made late. It, really. he-, he won one race, but he had all sorts of back problems, health problems. So... Yeah, potential on. potential should be could be huge. But so he, how he do we say his name, Sean? Uh, Sebastian. I, I always say uh, Kilner. Um, Kil, I say Kiln, and it's supposed to be Keenler. Keenler. Sebastian Keenley. 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 See, we can't even when he spells it up for us. We can't say it right. Yeah, Keenley. And the other one um, who was uh, race. He raced in Sweden at the weekend. Um, uh, Andreas Boucherer. Boucherer. Is it Boucherer? Boucherer. 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 Okay, so we'll try to get those right. Boucherer. Guarantee we won't. Um, what's this next one? I'll summarise this other one here from David Murray. He um, wasn't sure about a couple of if we've got to his question or not. He has small mind. When you talk about prices, do you reckon you could clarify whether it's in NZ dollars or US dollars? As being from UK, it's based is confusing it's pretty much always US dollars yeah when we talk about on the show we talk about US dollars point of fact Ironman Frankfurt does alcoholic beer at the uh, athletes area as well as non-alcoholic we we wouldn't need any of it would you no and we also had a question a while ago about people getting seasick and and I sort of gave a a number of recommendations on more sort of training applications and what you could do within the race to try to to, to, to quell that but he's also come up with some some fantastic um, work here he says, uh, I think it was in show 306, you guys had a guy who was having problems with seasickness and dizziness in open water swimming, but not when in the pool. This may well be because he is getting cold in cold water, is getting cold water in one ear, but not the other. Squirting cold water into one ear is an excellent way of making you feel sick. Oh. When, you, when you're lying asleep in Kona, I'm going to go syringe, I'm going to put cold it, water on your ear. Does it make you pee your pants as well? <laughs> um... Uh, because he's a doctor and he knows about these sort of things. Uh, when the water comes in, co- in contact with the eardrum, it sets off currents in the, f- in the fluid in your ear that control your balance. This basically means your brain thinks one side of you is spinning around while the other ear says it isn't, so you get dizzy. So when in the open water, um, this might happen because you breathe mainly to one side rather than bilaterally. Bilaterally, so you might get water in one more water in one ear than the other. Number two, your swim cap is covering one ear more than the other. Well, number three, you've got earwax problems, which stops the water coming in contact with the eardrum on one side, but not the other. The solution, as well as bilateral breathing and checking your swim cap, might be worth trying earplugs that prevent water from getting in the ears, or your ears getting getting your ears syringed. If you yeah, think they're done, I have. It it's crazy. Disgusting. It's like, like a candle. Gross. Yeah, that is gross. Um, or getting your ears syringed if you think you've got earwax problems. Um, and we might come to your question next week. <laughs> Thanks for all the answers. We'll worry about your question later. Yeah. Yeah. Tell you what, we've got some great listeners, but that's a great answer, isn't it? Fantastic. Yeah, because that, you, that's Dave. stuff we would have never thought of. And mm. for those people who are listening who have had that problem, Dave, you just over delivered. Cool. John, I've got another one more cookie email. Okay. This was, I don't know who sent this through. It may have been James because James is always great. But this is a, an email that someone sent someone around Ironman New York. Hi, Travis. I was one of volu- two volunteers who had the pleasure of working in the only penalty tent in the race. 
And I can assure you that they were really busy. I took the names and other info of around 90 to 100 athletes, about 65% of them penalised with red cards, drafting four-minute penalty. The rest with yellow cards, any minor infraction, just a brief stop to write their names and mark their bibs. Most of those penalties with the red... Uh, bitterly complained about one specific official a blonde head female on the back of a motorbike in one specific spot a hill not far from where the tent was apparently most athletes were caught with nowhere to go either trying to pass other athletes or holding bike back on big lines the ones who took the the best were some Japanese athlete, totally zen attitude. And I must <laughs> say, I got quite a bit of crap from age groupers, both male and female. In the team, we had everything. Athletes crying, begging to go before the four minutes. <laughs> <laughs> asking for mechanical help, asking where to file a formal complaint. But the cream of the cream... Uh, went to a female athlete who was quite upset with the official who gave her the red card and happened to be in the tent. I overheard her telling the official, I am curing cancer, and you give me a penalty? Ah! Oh, but, uh, God. But, but I think we did a good job calming people down and trying to distract them from the four minutes so that it passed fast. But I think I'm done with volunteering in the penalty tent for the rest of my life. What a hot, it's a thankless place to be. <laughs> it isn't must it? be, eh? Hey, because you're only going to get the angry energy. It's like being a parking warden, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so. I bet it would be funny to get a camera in there and see what <laughs> stupid excuses. things people say. It does sound silly if they did have a draft person doing it at like at the bottom of a hill saying that's a stupid place to have it but um well you but, hope yeah. that they choose good drafting people yeah, who actually yeah. know their stuff yeah you don't just put you don't just ring up people and say can you go be a draft marshal they no. generally get qualified people extreme endurance um bevan always asks me about the codes so i've done my prep peas this week well, you have two yeah so effective immediately you know what you should do john what you should have it just in that bit there it was there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's a template for the show notes and you can put it in the template. I could do that. Yeah. Um, the new code is Omega Talk. You get 20% off the Omega products in the EU and the US. There you go. If you're in the UK or Ireland, go to xenduranceuk.com because then you've got, you go straight to the UK distributor. You're going to get your things a lot cheaper, um, I think, with shipping and also probably a lot quicker as well. So go, if you're in the UK, go to xenduranceuk.com. I've got to get myself some of this Omega Sandy if you're listening. I need some of this because it's got all your, you know, your Omega fatty acids. It's all good stuff. Mm. And uh, I'll take some oils. Yeah. I haven't taken their stuff, to be honest, but I'll, I'll get some. Yeah, so get, get on it. The science, science behind... Um, science behind Omega, uh, Omega 3s is, is... Pretty compelling. Yeah, it is really. It's really interesting. Because what happens basically is, is there's inflammation in your body and it's basically a natural anti-inflammatory. Mm. So it kind of stops a lot of inflammation that comes in through your body. So, so if you've been trying the Extreme Endurance and you're loving it, um, give their other product, uh, Extreme Omega, a try. Omega Talk is the promo code and you get 20% off. Check it out. So sponsors are coffeesofwai.com. Um, get your gun. Get your gun. Athlinks.com. Go Canada. And Extreme Endurance. Go to the UK website if you're in the UK. Mm. Okay, John. So you know what's been really funny this week? What? Your story. I've used it all week. <laughs> <laughs> I've used it in my classes and everything. And it's got to laugh every time. Because oh, as an instructor, you what happens is you get to the classes and, and the warm-up some classes like some classes not, but like in the spin class. You're not doing a lot, so you're kind of more just having a conversation with your class. Mm-hmm. And I normally try to have a couple of stories, and mm-hmm. and a good story will get me through the whole week because I don't teach the same people every class. Mm-hmm. And uh, and sometimes you need a few stories, and yeah. some weeks you got some good stories, and some weeks you haven't. But this week, your story got me through the whole week. It's a shame Bl- Blinda doesn't go to your classes. It'd be classic if you did it. Yeah, and that 
<laughs> the wife down the back there, big top. <laughs> so that was a good story last week. Good. That was good. What else have you been doing? Um, what else have I been doing? Went for my first swim the other day. Oh, what are you training for? Do you really worried about your weight, are you? Um, you no, your I just, I'm just not happy about not being in shape, and I just need to get my bloody schedule sorted so I can ride my bike and, a little bit. And, uh, and so, what I say about my fit. job is that I always keep a baseline. Like mm. I'm not that fit right now, but I'm not unfit. So I booked booked my tickets for for Kona for the camp for next year. Blunder's coming. Um, oh, she's going camp, and so I'm, so I'm doing the race. What about the kids? Uh, the kids aren't coming. We, she's coming over for about eight days or so. Um, nice. So ditching the kids. So wait a second. She'll come after the race. She'll, she'll come the day before the race so, so, so I've, got to, I've got to do the race now so if you so, get third you'll give her a hug yeah can't see getting third on, on current fitness could you put off the top 10 um, current fitness certainly not if I but get you're take exceptional shape um, who knows who knows I haven't actually looked at how the, how, well, the, how strong the field how is how do you find it John I find it really interesting because I'm thinking about doing a marathon but I know I can't commit the kind of time it would take to do a great marathon you know what I mean I know that I really just I'm going to wait for a month and so I thought well, I need maybe I'll do a run goal so I can run when I'm in, in Europe and then maybe run when we're in Kona and just give me something to kind of tick towards but I know that I don't have the time to commit to do a great marathon hmm. so it's really just about ticking a box hmm. it's not that motivating no you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't really spin my wheels. And, and I'll probably do it just because I can. But how do you find that when you're going to go, okay, I'm going to do this race, but I'm not going to try to be my best? Um, no, I'll, for that one, I want to be my best. But what I do with all my events is, um, you know, I, I, my time in the weekend at 10K was, was miserable. It was crap. <laughs> and, but I ran as hard as I could, and I actually executed the plan that I wanted to do. Yep. So I walk away and say, couldn't do anything else. So I'm, yeah. I'm happy with my race. I'm not just not happy with my fitness. So that's the thing. I guess you just got to have your expectations in the in the right place and um, and say you know a really good race for me might be two hours fifty or something like that or whatever. And if you can go out there and execute your race plan, but yeah, for, for the actual build up, it is challenging when um, it's not something that rocks your boat. So often athletes ask me, oh, um, that I coach, oh, which race should I be doing? And and I'm saying, well, you know, probably that one there really suits you, but you've got to have a race that's going to get you a little bit excited. Yeah. Um, so maybe you should look for something different. Well, maybe. Or get your ass in the gear for run training. You don't have to do that much. No, but to do a good marathon, if I wanted to get a PB. Mm, yeah. Yeah, you have to do 10 hours running a week. Very good. Yeah, yeah. Okay, write me a program. I will. Coach John. Coach John working for me for a few years. You know, one three-hour run and... Um, and seven, you know, probably a three-hour run, an hour and a half run, and then a bunch of one-hour runs. You'd be on a few to ten hours for ten weeks. The ten by ten. Ten by ten. Okay, here we go. Ten by ten. Do you want to paint this one? What was your other painting you did the other week? Ten by ten. For someone like you, if if I gave you a ten-week program, ten hours a week, for ten weeks, you'd run a good marathon, given you've got good fitness going into that ten weeks. Okay. I think. Maybe 10 by 12, 10 by 14. 10 by 10, I still think... I don't want to train 14 hours. Okay. No, 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 I'm talking 14 weeks. I don't, oh. I don't think you need to be doing more than 10 hours, but maybe you might... Because then you've got to remember hours. I teach another 10 hours at the gym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... No, you'd be sweet with 10 hours a week. I don't know how to do it. What else have you been doing, John? Any other goss? Um... <laughs> no. Just had another story I've been telling Belinda and a couple of other people, but it's a... Uh, not on the show story? Not on the show story. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I did 35 yesterday. Are you 35? 36. Oh, you always say a little bit ahead of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the other reason. You're junior. You've got to have the, 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 the room. Right. I get, yeah. the, I get the, the, the bed, yeah, the yeah. couch. Did Facebook go crazy for you? 
Yeah, I got it. <laughs> it's quite because I had my family around, mm. and teenagers are really into Facebook. Mm. You know what I mean? And and how many how many happy birthdays you get actually matters to them. Mm. And so they go, "How many did you get, Uncle Bev?" Oh, hey, look, and I don't know, probably got about five hundred. And um, and they go five hundred. <laughs> so I was pretty cool to them at that moment. So yeah. so thank you everyone who's gave me birthday wishes. It was very nice of you. Yep. There we go. Looked like a pretty short show on paper. It did. We can just waffle. Mm. Yep. All right. I'm Russ. I'm Indo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia car. I need to do some prep. <clears throat> oh! How long you got to talk for? Oh, about an hour and a half. Oh.